Remember, remember the 5th of November. No thanks, I'd rather remember the 4th of October. This is the Talk of the Trinity podcast. Hello and welcome to the next instalment of Talk of the Trinity podcast. My name's Baz Barrett. With me is still not Will Forrest. Don't worry, it's not me, it's him. We're seeing other people, but we are going to work it all out. And you will be hearing from him later on in the podcast with his views. Check us out on our Twitter page, at Talk Trinity, on our YouTube channel, at Talk Trinity. Podcast available on Spotify. Amazon, Google, Stitcher, probably some other places as well, but all the links are on our Twitter page and where there's been some keen debate going on amongst Villa fans over the last few days and weeks. Now we're putting out polls, putting out chats. Thanks for all your engagement with that. We really appreciate it. Also appreciate all the likes, retweets, subscribes over our various channels helps us get out the message and our views and your views as well about things that are going on at Villa at the moment. And speaking of things that are going on with Villa at the moment, have to address the events of Friday night down at St. Mary's, Southampton 1, Villa nil, And unfortunately, a repeating pattern in the sense of an absolutely dreadful first half performance improved in the second but not able to turn it around to leave with any points at all. And they say, cliche-wise, when you looks out, it's out. And when it rains, it pours and any other variants on that theme. And Southampton's goal that early in the game, in one sense, summed that up perfectly. You know, some lucky deflections, a perfect bounce and a you know, a, a hit from Adam Armstrong is, you know, he's probably never hit a sweeter shot in his career, to be fair. And it looked, you know, kind of in slow mode that, you know, defence could have done a bit better, keeper maybe could have done better, but, you know, you just got to put your hat round of applause there. He's just absolutely nailed it. Perfect hit. I don't, I don't think anybody's stopping that, frankly. And it's just one of those things that happen. But unfortunately... Coming in twos, threes, fours, well, and fives now for Villa in terms of not being able to turn it around since then. And I don't really want to go too much into the depths of that first half performance because second best throughout. I mean, at one stage, their left back was the uh, Walks Peters was the furthest player up the pitch in terms of that stat map, just demonstrating really what joy they were having on the flanks. And we talked about before the game in terms of maybe we were thinking that Matt Target would be targeted (laughs) for want of a better word, but it was cash because Southampton, to be fair to them, exploited the fact that Leon Bailey would not be tracking back particularly much. And I think Matt Cash did well to survive the onslaught, frankly. I mean, you could see what he thought about it near the end of the first half, slamming his fists to the turf in frustration, having stopped another Southampton attack down that flank. And it did seem to be a case that we were kind of caught by surprise, really, 
tactically by Southampton. I'm not really sure why, because I think it was a 4-4-2 formation. Southampton have been playing all season. It's where they played again last night, looking to get the fullbacks off the pitch. And we just had no answer to it, really. And I think it was summed up perfectly by a cliche you've never seen anything like that before. And I, but to, in a literal sense, I have never seen in a professional game at that top level players passing around a piece of paper, uh, set pieces, presumably to detail who was meant to be marking who. I mean, that's ridiculous, really. I mean, in terms of is that because the plan was that convoluted, everybody forgot? Was it because they've had to switch it based on the first what well, first half and the advantage Southampton were having in terms of the corners? It's pretty poor, I mean, regardless of the, the reasons for it. And that probably, in a nutshell, summed up Villa's first half performance, you know, kind of not doing the basics right. And it, it could have been more than one, really. I think Southampton, they've had their own trouble scoring goals and, you know, with a more clinical finisher or more clinical finishers, it, it could have been two or three at half time, And I don't think they could have been any complaints at all. I mean, possession-wise, Villa were absolutely battered and a, a real you know, fr- frustrating performance all round and almost put into a more frustrating context by the second half where there was a tactical switch between Bourdain and Bailey, but we actually played much better, I thought, in the second half. And frustratingly looking at it going, well, why couldn't we have played like that in the first half, you know, I mean, you know, the wonderful benefit of hindsight. And I don't think obviously it was a deliberate tactic to play terribly in that first half, but immediately on the front foot, like we were against Arsenal at the start of the second half and looked a much more threatening team. Unfortunately, we had, well, there, there are a few chances, but I, I think Southampton would say after the game that whilst they had to withstand the pressure, that it wasn't, you know, a deluge and, you know, the keeper making worldies for Southampton. I mean, it was Martinez made a couple of world-class saves. I mean, talk of him after the West Ham game, having lost it, um, demonstrated to be clearly premature based on his performance last night. But despite kind of the attacking pressure, a couple of clear-cut chances, I think if I think a draw... You could have said it was a fair result because we were a better team in the second half and Southampton were a better team in the first half. Southampton weren't as bad in the second half as we were in the first. And it is when you're constantly playing catch-up. I mean, in terms of last season, I think Man United, when they were away, they were behind pretty much every game, came back to win. They did that against Southampton. I remember Cavani scoring the winner. But that's where United... We can have a whole debate about Solskjaer and where Man United are at the moment, but they're, they're a better team. Well, they've got better players. Let's put it that way. I mean, whether they're a better team or not is a debate for another day. But Villa can't keep giving teams a head start. And I think in terms of in the first 15 minutes as well, I think we're top of the league in that sense of conceding the most goals in the first 15 minutes. Also, in terms of scoring in the first half, we're near the bottom, if not the bottom of the list. And it's just leaving too much to do. And especially in terms of with an inconsistent lineup that we've had over the course of the season, it's difficult just to click into gear, especially when you're only giving yourself 45 minutes to do it. In terms of the bench we had 
last night, all English bench, which is a, a rarity in the Premier League, probably the Championship as well, actually. It'd be interesting to know how often that happens nowadays. But through a combination of, you know, kind of injuries and absences, it, it, it wasn't the the strongest bench. And I think, you know, summed up really by the fact you're chasing the game and Keenan Davis comes on. And it's good to see him come back, you know, from injury and, you know, kind of back on the field and, you know, not nice lad got, you know, n- nothing personal, you know, against him in that sense, but he's not good enough. Let's be honest. I mean, in terms of he's not a Premier League striker, especially not for a team well, Premier League full stop, but especially with the ambitions of the Villa owners, you know, looking to be in the top half, qualify for Europe. It's, I don't think he's going to cut it, frankly. And I think, you know, it's, we talked about it kind of in the early podcast of the season, the lack of striking options. You have to say that's the only reason he's there still. And a glimpse of the future perhaps was seen when Cameron Archer came on. I mean, there's been talk about his contract, whether he's going to sign. Difficult situation to be thrown into in a struggling team, looking for a goal. He, he, he got stuck in. Uh, I think that's all you can say. I mean, it's going to take time for you know him to get up to speed with Premier League. It's a different level, even to League Cup football he's been playing. I think the fact that he's technically our top scorer this season <laughs> probably sums up kind of how desperate things have been in terms of having a centre forward consistently been able to score. I mean, we've been focusing on Watkins and Ings partnership throughout the course of the season so far. Not an issue last night because Ings wasn't playing, but you'd think maybe in a couple of weeks' time, if he is back fit, then those questions will rear their head again. And in terms of, you know, kind of other performances on the night, second half El Ghazi popped up in the second half a little better but you know realistically speaking you can't say anything else that he should have been sent off in in the first half for the you know the two the two yellow cards that the yellow card that was given you could say that's a yellow card the second challenge was if you're using that barometer I don't think in terms of people have been saying simulation I I think that's unfair actually to, to be fair to him because I think he just fell over. I mean, if he was looking to dive, then, you know, you'd be rolling around, you know, kind of going to the ref. He just, I think he just stumbled, you know, so I think that one was unfair in terms of the criticism, but, you know, by that stage, shouldn't have been on on the pitch, really. And speaking of somebody who was on the pitch, Tyrone Mings, I thought he had a good game, to be honest. I mean, we talked about, obviously, he was dropped Sunday, West Ham, a big call, restored to the starting lineup because Konza, wasn't available and I, I, I thought decent a decent game you know in, in terms of I think his place in the team is probably assured going forwards on the back of that performance whether anybody else's performance is assured place in the team is assured based on those performances and we'll have to wait and see I mean two weeks until the next game quite a lot could potentially happen in those two weeks in terms of players, in terms of the the manager as well. I mean, in terms of not going to focus too much on Dean Smith 
in my review because in a shout out to some podcasts we're planning on putting out during the international break we'll be talking about Dean Smith in much more detail no doubt with our fans forum but it would not be the most exaggerated comment to say that the pressure is well and truly on and in terms of whether he will get those two weeks I think he will I mean in terms of five defeats on the bounce I mean they haven't been great no doubt about it but you look at that in the context of three years you know it's a little harsh but you know where where do you draw the line when it becomes six seven eight nine I mean in terms of we identified these four games as key we've lost two Brighton and Palace next two if those two are defeats then you're looking at Man City Leicester I think it's going to get really dicey in the run-up to Christmas. But I said, I don't want to dwell too much on that at this stage. Don't want to dwell too much on the game. But unfortunately, you've had my views. I'm going to pass you over to my co-host, Will Forrest, who from a different undisclosed location is going to give you his thoughts on how he saw the game going down last night. The morning after, the night before, where we looked to the Villa players and wondered whether they would be saints or sinners. You've heard Bazzi's thoughts and reaction to the game. That's after having a good night's sleep, I would imagine. I don't know for definite, I can't confirm that. For me, thinking about the players on the pitch and obviously Southampton got off to a cracking start. Adam Armstrong's goal was phenomenal. And if it isn't in the match of the day, golden a month reckoning, I would be incredibly surprised. It was, you know, it was a fantastic goal. We just, I, I don't know. We Well, we were awful in the first half. And El Ghazi was lucky to stay on the pitch. Whether being sent off or whether being subbed, I tweeted that I'd have taken him off and I'd brought Carney on. I'd have put, Bailey on the left, Buendia on the right, Carney in the middle. I mean, why not give Carney and JPB a chance at that point? Though, for all of the awfulness in the first half, we came good in the second, or we played better in the second. I mean, Stuart Armstrong should have put us to the sword and made it 2-0, shouldn't he really, before um, before half-time in that, in that first half with the back post miss. We didn't create anything. We had the one chance from Buendia and he, he was just dog awful. You'd hoped for a reaction at half time. I think everybody wanted Smith to do well and wants Smith to do well to get behind him. But they just lacked any fight or anything. It seemed like the players didn't want to play for him. Half time, I don't know what he's done. Maybe he's got a bit of dirt on them all because they came out firing. Um, Matty Cash. Great throughout again, played really well. Martinez was brilliant, couldn't do anything about that goal. I thought Target was decent. Mings played very well. Twan played well. Slipped up at the end and thought, oh, duh, my days, it's going to be 2 0, but fortunately it wasn't. Um, Marvellous Nakamba played very well again. I felt it was a little bit unfair to take him off ahead of McGinn, though I understand the attacking impetus. Ramsey came on and tried. McGinn has been poor. McGinn needs to be dropped for me. I've said it in a few um, teams that I put out. He, he needs 
to be dropped. Sanson is supposedly back. Get him in if he's fit enough. Jacob Ramsey has shown that he can do it. I was quite surprised to see Marvellous Nakamba in a two with McGinn. Personally, I'd have started Ramsey and then taken him off when we got a comfortable lead. You know, Wendy, um, I thought, played very well, more so in the second half. He tried things in the first half as well. El Ghazi, as I say, was a, was a waste of space, really, in the first half and, and should have come off. And Watkins just isn't his normal self. We, we need Danny Ings back, in my opinion, if I'm being honest with you. But more so than that, as we say, there wasn't the fight from the Villa lads. And Hassan Huttle, he completely outclassed Dean Smith, um, changed his tactics as he needed to. When he realised that we'd got the upper hand, he brought on the extra defender. He went for five at the back. He had Walker Peters and Liveramento running the show, really, down the wings. They were the two key players for Southampton and the best players. It just was not good enough. And regrettably now, it seems as though Dino just, just looks tactically inept at times. Doesn't is a bit stubborn, OK? He's got players missing. But the changes he makes are questionable. I'd have kept Watkins up front with Archer and brought on Fidigens Bidace instead of Davis. I understand what he wanted to do. He obviously wanted to have the big target man up top um, to play balls up to him, but they never did that. And I think he would have been, I think we'd have been found out as well if we carried on trying to do that, or if we even attempted to try to do that. It's one of those, the Brighton game, if Tino is in charge, then I hope, I really do hope he sticks with either the, Four-two-three-one and has Louise and Sanson or Louise and Ramsey in the middle trying to pull strings with pretty much the same back four apart from House or Young at left back. Um, though Twanzebe played well, does he deserve to be dropped for concert? And you've got to have Danny Ings up front if you can do. But we'll have to see. Whoever the gaffer is, I support him wholeheartedly. But only time will tell. Time will tell. Anyway, cheers, Tar. Thank you very much for listening and up the villa.